Today on the newscast, foreign fighters from Syria flocking to Ukraine to help the Russian war machine. Plus, new Israeli airstrikes near Damascus. Get all the breaking details next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. This week is already off to a very busy start, both in Ukraine and the Middle East. Lots of breaking news to cover, so let's get right into it. It looks more and more like this Russian campaign in Ukraine will turn out to be a long, bloody, and sustained affair. I'm sad to say, as Russian forces move closer and closer into major Ukrainian cities. They are meeting stiff resistance, not only from the Ukrainian military, but from Ukrainian civilians as well. That's why a story today in the Wall Street Journal really comes as no surprise. The journal reports that Russia is now recruiting foreign fighters from Syria to Ukraine. Now, a little bit of background here. Of course, Russian forces have been in Syria since September 2015, propping up the regime of Bashar al-Assad and fighting alongside Iran and Hezbollah in that country. Clearly, Russia has made very good contacts over that time, and now they are recruiting battle-hardened Syrian fighters who have great experience for over a decade in guerrilla warfare, urban warfare, house-to-house, hand-to-hand style fighting. They've done it all in Syria during that bloody conflict. Over 500,000 people killed there in the past decade plus. Russia is now taking the Syrian fighters' expertise and bringing it to Ukraine. According to the Wall Street Journal, they are already on the ground. It's not clear how many Syrian fighters are there, but they are indeed there. And again, Russia wants to put them to good use in Vladimir Putin's view when it really breaks down to urban warfare, because that's where this thing is heading, folks. Again, stiff, fierce, and courageous resistance uh, by the Ukrainian people. According to an Arab media outlet, uh, there are Syrian fighters who are being paid by Russia $200, $300 a head to come to Ukraine. And will more and more come? Will Russia perhaps even employ Iranian or Hezbollah fighters in Ukraine. Again, they're aligned on the battlefields of Syria together. They're already bringing Syrian fighters. Who knows where this is going? Clearly, Vladimir Putin has no hesitation in internationalizing this conflict in Ukraine. Remember, he's also brought uh, fighters from Chechnya into Ukraine as well. So we're keeping a very close eye on that, folks. To me, that is a major development. Again, this is all unfolding in Eastern Europe, of course, between Russia and Ukraine, but the Middle East, the world's most strategic, most pivotal region, always seems to be at the center of world affairs, even when the main battle isn't happening there. A good example of that, and I reported on this in yesterday's newscast, Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett paid a visit to Moscow this weekend to meet face-to-face with Vladimir Putin at the Kremlin. They held a three-hour meeting on Saturday. After that, Bennett flew to Germany to meet with the Chancellor there, Olaf Scholz, and he was also in close communication with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Now, Israel is looking to play a mediator, mediator role between Russia and Ukraine. Israel is one of the few countries that has good relations with both sides. Zelensky has personally appealed to Bennett to play that mediator role. He made the trip 
on Saturday, a major move in, in terms of international diplomacy and Israel's standing. Made the trip, met with Putin. Will it turn out to be fruitful? We don't know. Bennett followed up yesterday, Sunday, March 6th, with a phone call with Vladimir Putin. So we will see where this is going. A very interesting dynamic there again. Again, this is an Eastern European conflict, but again, a Middle East angle. Uh, along those lines, of course, Russia again in Syria and things continuing to unfold in that country, even as the war in Ukraine rages. Israel early this morning, Monday, March 7th, reportedly carried out airstrikes near the Syrian capital of Damascus. Now, Syrian state media, not surprisingly, says, hey, we shot down the majority of the missiles. It was not a successful strike. We don't know exactly what was hit, but we've reported many times here in the newscast, folks, over the past few months, this consistent flow of Israeli airstrikes near Damascus targeting Iran, Hezbollah, and Iranian-backed fighters there, in particular, these Weapons shipments, advanced weapons being stored there, precision-guided missiles, PGMs for short. If you watch the newscast on a regular basis, you've heard us talk about them many, many times, how they are a game-changing weapon, and Iran is attempting to transit those PGMs through Syria into the hands of Hezbollah in southern Lebanon. What are PGMs? What do they do? Well, they do exactly what their name says. These are precision-guided missiles that enable them to hit the target with great accuracy. That's a red line that Israel will not allow Iran to cross. So we've had these airstrikes around Damascus. Various weapons depots belonging to Iran and Hezbollah have been struck there as well. And when we talk about Damascus, and Watchmen viewers comment on this on a regular basis, the first thing that comes to mind is Isaiah 17, the book of Isaiah, chapter 17, verse 1 which says that a day is coming when Damascus will cease to be a city. It will become a ruinous heap. That's not my words. I'm quoting directly from the Bible, Isaiah 17. So we've got a lot of Damascus watchers here in our Watchmen viewership. Now, these missiles are the, were this airstrike from Israel. According to Syrian state media, again, the missiles were launched from Lebanese territory. Israel launched them from above Lebanon they didn't go into Syria directly, and, and that's interesting because, again, that very delicate dynamic we've talked a lot about here in the newscast in recent weeks, Israel's freedom of movement in Syria, which they must have to push Iranian forces back from Israel's border and, again, to stop those advanced weapons flow, uh, will that be affected by Russia? There's been this quote-unquote Deconfliction, they call it, mechanism between Israeli officials and Russian officials. When Israel is going to carry out a strike in Syria, they give Russia a heads up. Again, there's thousands of Russian troops in Syria right now aligned with Iran and Hezbollah. So Israel gives Russia that heads up, and Russia has allowed Israel to operate freely. But is a day coming when that will all change? I don't think Vladimir Putin. Needless to say, is a man Israel can trust. And on a dime, he could change his mind and say, Israel, no more. We will no longer allow you to carry out strikes in Syria. The Israel Defense Forces, as I close here, something to mention real quick, released a very interesting statement today that one year ago, almost, on March 15, 2021, the Israel Defense Forces shot down two Iranian drones that were about to enter Israeli airspace. 
Apparently these drones were heading to the West Bank and Gaza and were carrying weapons, I presume, to be handed off to Hamas or Islamic Jihad fighters. Now, why Israel is just sharing this now, a year after it happened, I'm not quite sure, but two drones, again, were ready from Iran, were ready to enter Israeli airspace. We've had incidents like this in the past, in February 2018, in May 2021, where Israel also took out Iranian drones that entered Israeli airspace. Apparently, these drones, one year ago, did not enter Israeli airspace. Israel was able to intercept them before they did, but it shows you once again the drone factor and how Iran is attempting to become a drone superpower in the region. Not only Iran itself domestically producing thousands of these drones, but attempting to hand off these drones to Hamas and Hezbollah, the Houthis, Islamic Jihad, and those various Shia militias in Syria and Iraq as they attempt to encircle Israel with a ring of fire, drones and missiles. Last note here, that Iranian nuclear deal, folks, it refuses to die. I've compared it to a vampire or a zombie that rises from the dead. And unfortunately, it looks like in Vienna, the powers there, Iranian diplomats with diplomats from the U.S., France, Britain, Germany, China, and Russia are very close to reviving that Iran nuclear deal. And one interesting nugget here, again, linking the Middle East to the conflict in Eastern Europe, Russia is apparently dragging its feet now. Russia, which, by the way, is reportedly playing the main role in brokering this Iran deal. Thank you, Biden administration allowing that, but Russia is now apparently dragging its feet and saying, hey, we want to make sure that the sanctions that the West is levying against us over Ukraine do not affect our capability to do business with Iran. So we'll see where that goes, but it shows you once again, Russia and Iran, for all their differences, do have a very close alliance, and we have Russia, Iran, China, and to a lesser degree, Uh, North Korea on the march and certainly feeling empowered and emboldened right now. Folks, keep all of this in your prayer. We're watching it all very closely here at the newscast, and we will have more breaking updates for you tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.